You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. So Katanji Brown Jackson is going to the Supreme Court. We're not happy about it. I don't believe she belongs there. She's not going to be good for our side. And of course, she did it with some very stylish Republicans assisting. The vote was 53 to 47. And three Republicans went along with this, including Mitt Romney, because he's running for president and he wants the swamp to like him. Yeah, Mitt Romney, also known as, around my house, the traitor. Mitt Romney the traitor for this and a host of other issues. You know, I don't think he's a man of principle. He's a man of ambition. He's been seething with ambition, personal ambition for himself. When he was nine years old, people were saying, oh, you look like a president. You're going to be president someday. It's all been about that, all about him. Now, remember, when he ran, he was terrible. He's just not good at politics. There are various ways of doing that. One is we could raise taxes on people. That's not the way. Corporations are people, my friend. I went to a number of women's groups and said, can you help us find folks? And they brought us whole binders full of uh, of women. Back in 1983, you took your Iris Setter Seamus on a 12-hour road trip tied to the roof of your car. Uh, What were you thinking? uh, uh, This is a a completely airtight uh, kettle and uh, mounted on the top of our car. He climbed up there regularly, enjoyed himself. As soon as I heard that he put the dog on the roof for an eight-hour family car trip, I knew this guy was never going to be president. Never. But he does have that look. And the swamp loves the look. And they love that he went to Harvard and he got a Harvard Law degree as well and an MBA. Ooh, they swooned for that kind of stuff. And his dad was a governor, too. So he got the nomination. And, of course, he blew it. CNN projects that Barack Obama will be re-elected president of the United States. He will remain in the White House for another four years. The president of the United States defeats Mitt Romney in this uh, at this time right now. All right. He tried. But he was a very good loser. And we remember what Vince Lombardi said. I think it was Vince Lombardi. Show me a good loser. And who will he show you? A loser. This is him on election night after he gets the bad news. I just can't believe you're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think you say in a concession speech? By the way, someone have a number for the president? I do. Okay. <laughs> I not thought about that. A good loser. A loser. A loser. 
But he looked presidential, right? He really looked the part. It's one of the reasons why he can't believe he's not president. I look like a president. Drives him crazy that Donald Trump did what he couldn't do. Oh, it drives him crazy. Let's face it, Trump has been merciless when it comes to Romney. You have these stiffs like a Mitt Romney. The guy's a total stiff. Did he let us down? This guy is a loser. Did he let us down? I mean, here's a guy, goes up, he's so devastated, he forgot to campaign in the final month. He gave it to Obama. Beating Obama four years ago was easier than beating Hillary Clinton now, believe me. And Mitt Romney choked, pure and simple. He choked, he choked like a dog. Oh, like a dog. Now, I believe Mitt Romney could have gotten over this attack. All right. I mean, people say horrible things about each other in politics. What Mitt Romney will never get over is what happened next. This is in March of 2016. What happened in November of that year? Right now, a historic moment. Uh, we can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Donald Trump wins the presidency. The business tycoon and TV personality capping his improbable political journey with an astounding upset victory. Donald J. Trump will become the 45th president of the United States. That is unforgivable in Mitt Romney's book. That and also getting turned down to be Secretary of State. Remember they met? Uh, Mitt Romney showed up. Please, please, sir, make me the Secretary of State. Uh, Donald Trump uh, had a nice dinner with him and said no. Here's what I go back to Mitt Romney's ambition. How did he think he could be the Secretary of State for the entire country? He didn't have the experience. He still doesn't, actually. He was a one-term governor of a very small state, Massachusetts. Big deal. No international experience to speak of other than, uh, what, a summer abroad in France. This is, uh, this, is, this is not impressive. But again, he looks impressive, right? I mean, just look at him. Look at him throughout the years. He's Mitt Romney, businessman. An up-and-comer. They've been telling him that every step of the way. This is what a businessman looks like, right? Obnoxious guys with cigars, throwing money around, but uh, clean, sleek, elegant, not like Trump. Trump just drives him crazy. This is not what a businessman is supposed to look like. I do believe these are the reasons why Mitt Romney voted for Ketanji Brown Jackson, why he voted for impeachment. It's personal. And there are real ramifications from this personal grudge. You know, he undermined people trying to find out the truth about Hunter and Joe Biden. Do you remember comments like this? There's no question but that the appearance of looking into Burisma and Hunter Biden uh, appears political. And I think people are tired of these uh, these kind of political uh, investigations. Um, sorry, but we needed that information then. Now it's too late. Joe Biden is compromised and big, bad things are happening throughout the world. And these guys now, they can't govern. Joe Biden is is compromise. We can all see that. And it looks like Hunter will be going down. But again, it was always personal. He gave Joe Biden a pass and never gave Donald Trump a break.
The grave question the Constitution tasks senators to answer is whether the president committed an act so extreme and egregious that it rises to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor. Yes, he did. Accordingly, the president is guilty of an appalling abuse of public trust. I believe that, that what is being alleged and what we saw, which is incitement to insurrection, uh, is, uh, is an impeachable offense. If, if not, what is? Uh, the, it continues a pattern that the president had of trying to corrupt the election. And Mitt Romney's nonsense at, during this time gave Joe Biden cover, the cover he needed when he needed it. As the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment when call here. Gets three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the let's mayor about, of Moscow. Let's talk about not I true. Think it's a that report is totally Why discredited. Did he get it? I, I, Mitt I think, Romney on that committee said it wasn't worth taxpayers' money. That report it was written for political yeah, reasons. Yeah. Now, Mitt Romney, he wants to collect, and he just might, from the establishment, from the media class. Look at what he's done. Gave Joe Biden cover. Uh, voted for Ketanji Brown Jackson today. Uh, didn't really give Joe Biden a particular hard time about our loss in Afghanistan, about what's happening in Ukraine right now. These things, I believe, would not be happening if Donald Trump were still in office and Mitt Romney did everything he could in his power to prevent Donald Trump from being reelected. I have a clean conscience, by the way. I know I'm not in politics, but I did everything I could. We talked about the laptop, even in spite of enormous pressure to not talk about that laptop from the mainstream media. Uh, Two years ago, we were on to the case of Jim and Frank Biden, the brothers of Joe. What the hell were they doing? Uh, Contracts and meeting with Chinese officials. And quite frankly, I'm very proud of the treatment we gave Kamala Harris. There were very significant concerns about her, uh, well, her integrity. And we were not afraid to go there. I wonder, actually, if Mitt Romney sleeps at night, because there are many people who would be alive right now who are dead, in part because of what he did. He put his own ambition in front of the country, and he's still doing it. When we come back, Nickelodeon, what has happened to them? I used to like that show. Now they've gone totally woke, crazy, transgender, this, that, and the other thing. Be right back. Check out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson. You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Fake news? Did they get a wake-up call? I mean, this laptop is real. The Hunter Biden corruption, Joe Biden, he's seriously implicated. This is real stuff. And uh, (laughs) they're playing catch-up, but they're still hedging. Shout-out to Senators Grassley and Johnson. They are not messing around. Take a look. Senator Johnson and I were right two years ago. The liberal media and our Democratic colleagues aggressively tried to make the case that we were peddling Russian disinformation. Senator Johnson and I have 
years of bank records. These years of records show that Hunter Biden and James Biden were more connected to the communist regime's elements than had been previously known. Two years they've been working on it. Why were they ignored? Why was it falsely called Russian disinformation? Because it hurt Hunter Biden. It hurt Joe Biden. It lessened their chances of being uh, elected. Joe Biden's at least. Senator Johnson, too. Great job. We showed a vast web of Biden family foreign financial entanglements that were largely ignored by the media and falsely labeled Russian disinformation by our Democrat colleagues. The most egregious behavior came from 51 former intelligence agency officials. He knew exactly who he was dealing with. He was dealing with the, quote, expletive deleted spy chief of China. This isn't Russian disinformation. These are hard facts backed up by bank records of actual financial records and transactions that prove just how connected the Bidens were and how compromised President Biden probably is. It's Ron Johnson, a sitting United States senator. He's a big deal guy. Chuck Todd has a talk show. And you got to establish the facts to his satisfaction before he's going to let you say anything on his show. Senator, all right, I've had enough of hearing this. No, listen, I've had enough of this, too. It's because you have somebody say it didn't make it true. Senator, none of these allegations. Stop. You don't get to make these allegations um, that that haven't been proven true. You're basically saying that there's enough people who believe in conspiracy theory. If there's enough people who hold... I figured it was the most relevant issue. Are you going to do it? How about the moon landing? Obviously, this election, when you... I think you need to look in the mirror and ask yourself why so many well, people. Well, Chuck, you need to look this. in your mirror and Senator Johnson. I've got to go. I appreciate you coming Russian on. Collusion I'll let you, with, I'll let with you the Trump campaign plenty. hoax. Yeah, he says because Biden wishes him luck on investigating the moon landing. These guys deserve apologies. The media, I don't know. There's no hope for most of them. They're just addicted to their status, to their prestige, to their money. And how do they get that? How do they keep that? Especially in times like this, especially a host like Chuck Todd. Think he's not freaked out about the woke movement? Something very strange is happening here. But I'm actually encouraged by, what do they call it? The next generation? Take a look at these very smart kids, college kids, the University of Chicago. These are freshmen. And they've got something to say about all this stuff. Do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed uh, Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what can we learn from that in ensuring that what we label as disinformation is truly disinformation and not reality? I mean, my, my problem with Hunter Biden's laptop is I think totally irrelevant. I mean, it's not whether it's disinformation or I mean, I don't think the Hunter Biden's um, business relationships have anything to do with who should be president of the United States. So I didn't find I don't find it to be interesting. I mean, that that would be my problem with the, that as a as a major news story. Yes, I just didn't find it to be interesting. I follow my whimsy. You must captivate me. That's Anne Applebaum from The Atlantic. And I must find it intriguing. This kind of this kind of snob. This has defined so much of the media for the past hundred years. That kind of elitism 
you just saw. But again, the next generation at the same summit, check this out, the, a kid taking on CNN and that Brian Stelter guy. You've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation, uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Jesse Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Sandman as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, with mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? Uh, all the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? I love it. These kids are great. Of course, there's something else behind it. I call it a left wing anti-Trump conspiracy, perhaps. Anyway, lots of hope out there. The answer was uh, pathetic and basically a non-answer. The question was a great one, a great one. And uh, it should be asked of Joe Biden himself. Joe, oh boy. I mean, the lying this guy has done in plain sight and the fact that he actually Pounds his chest and says he's a man of integrity. Now I truly believe, I give my word as a Biden, I truly believe we're about to see our brightest future. I honest to God believe, I give you my word as a Biden, I honest to God believe we're in the cusp, we're in an inflection point. We have a chance to make such enormous progress. I'm serious, heads of state, I give you my word as a Biden. The word of a Biden, the word as a Biden, that's a crump, that, that's, that doesn't mean anything. Because Joe, I mean, let's face it, your entire career, you've been caught time and time again lying your head off. And there was a time when the media was not afraid to call you out on it. Famously, one of the most famous instances in political history, or at least it should be, when you lied your head off, you told about 55 lies in 40 seconds. What law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly, I, I think we I, I think I probably right have here. a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. And look at the smug smile at the end, huh? Doesn't, doesn't reveal that he was just lying about everything he said. Huh? He thought he could get away with it back then. He couldn't, and he didn't. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. 
Wow. Now, the media was crummy then, but it was a lot better than it is today. Uh, look at that. That's an amazing sequence, isn't it? And he was a Democrat, and he had to drop out of the race shortly thereafter because he was caught lying. Where are the media now? The media, so corrupt, so screwy, they actually sanctify Black Lives Matter, a socialist group that is out for the destruction not only of American culture, uh, but the nuclear family. That is their stated goal. And they want to achieve it by any means necessary, including violence. And you know, and I know, that the media, they've glorified these guys every step of the way. And corporate America, they're just afraid. They're afraid of the mob. They're afraid of the media. And whatever is sounds fashionable, stylish in the moment, they'll do it. Companies like ours must speak up as allies to the Black Lives Matter movement. It's a critical time for our country. It's a critical time, I think, for business to also be speaking out, speaking up about these issues. I want to address the topic of racism, inequality, and injustice, and to recognize the pain being felt throughout our nation, especially in our black and brown communities after the senseless killing of George Floyd. All righty. So they started writing checks left and right and throwing the money at Black Lives Matter. I mean, lots and lots of money. Now, if you have a charity, if, whether it's a big one or a small one, you can go to Apple and actually they have a philanthropic wing. And if you want a grant, you have to fill out an application. It might take a year, year and a half. And then they might give you a check for $25,000 if you have a decent charity that does good work that, you know, you can account for everything. These folks, they didn't do that. Overnight, instantaneously, they started writing these checks because, well, the mob, the media seemed like the thing to do, seemed like the cool thing to do. And now, oh boy, we're finding out the truth. Well, we knew the truth, but they're finding out the truth. Uh, another Black Lives Matter co-founder bought a house, $6 million. Oh, look at this in Los Angeles. Curious, though, one of the reasons why we didn't find out about it until recently Purchase through an LLC. If you want to cover up, if you want to not advertise who's buying it, you establish a Delaware LLC or some sort of other LLC. You got to get a lawyer to do it. And Black Lives Matter did get a lawyer who works at Perkins Coie Law Firm. Perkins Coie is the law firm that employed Michael Sussman. And Michael Sussman did all kinds of work for the campaign of Hillary Clinton. Perkins Coie did a lot of legal work for uh, Black Lives Matter. You see what a nasty little thing. And this is the guy who's been accused of lying to the FBI. And it looks like they got a really solid case against him. Stay tuned for that one. All right. Also, who remembers Nickelodeon, right? Did you watch that? Uh, remember Who remembers Double Dare and that game show with the green slime? Show me that. Show me that vintage stuff. The baddest werewolf of them all. Stand by for liftoff. Here comes Nick Arcade. I remember that stuff, right? After school, it was fun. Now, oh boy, it is a totally, totally different world. This is the same channel, Nickelodeon. 
In honor of International Transgender Day of Visibility, meet Time and Nickelodeon's 2021 Kid of the Year finalist, Rebecca Brusahoff. Growing up in the LGBTQ plus community has given me a different perspective on how I see the world. Trans kids are so much more than their gender identity and it's so important for people to listen to kids. I wish for a world where everyone can be lifted up and celebrated. So today and every day, we celebrate those who are helping others realize that everyone should be proud of what makes them who they are. Okay, several issues here. Growing up in the LGBTQ community, and she's a kid, what does that mean? What, what kind of community is this? Where is it? Is it a commune? What are they talking about? She says that trans kids are so much more than their gender identity. Well, I actually agree with her, but I don't think she's, I, I think she's missing the mark. Everybody is more than whether they're a boy or a girl, right? I mean, we're, we're human beings. Isn't that more than so strange to me? And they want people to be celebrated, celebrated for things they can't control. I am not proud of being a man. I'm not ashamed of it either. I feel like the, the, the pride is excessive with the transgender community to the extent that they want cisgender people. I had to figure out what that meant. That means if you're born a man, you still a man, you think you're a man or a woman, you think you're a woman, all that stuff, right? That somehow we are less than, that's the vibe I'm getting. Are you? Let me know. We'll be right back with a very, oh boy, arrogant Barack Obama. We always knew he was full of himself, but now it's getting really, really crazy. Be right back. So Barack Obama, large and in charge, huh? Ex-president of the United States, all kinds of money, well on his way to becoming a billionaire. Uh, at the White House, it seemed like he was the president. Uh, I forgot how arrogant this guy was. I really did for a little while. I mean, I knew he was full of himself, but all right. The next day after the White House, he goes to Chicago, you know, just sitting back, speaking very slowly, trying to sound profound. He doesn't say all that much of anything, actually. And you know what I forgot? He's not a particularly good speaker. Uh, take a look. If you ask me what I'm um, most concerned about when I think back to the, towards the end of my presidency, uh, it probably has more to do with the topic uh, here today. It's something I grappled with a lot during my presidency. I saw it sort of unfold. Um, and that is the degree to which uh, information, disinformation, misinformation was being weaponized. Um, and we saw it. Um, but I think I underestimated the degree to which democracies were as vulnerable to it as they were, including ours. Takes him forever to say it, right? Spit it out already. And also, he's behind the times as we are finding out that claims of misinformation about the laptop were misinformation themselves, that the laptop was legitimate. He's speaking like it's uh, 2020, all right? That's what the New York Times was saying then. They're saying something different now. What happened next? That is part of the reason why the stakes of this issue are so important, um, because uh, it is difficult for me to see how uh, we we 
win the contest of ideas if, in fact, we are not able to um, agree on a baseline of facts that allow the marketplace of ideas to work. Agree on a baseline of, by the way, he gets a million dollars a speech and he speaks like that, huh? Agree on a baseline of ideas. Look, he complained that so many people still have concerns about the fairness of the election. He complained that people have uh, doubts about the uh, vaccine that he said was uh, a miracle and that it was uh, done so fast. So that's one of the reasons why people have some doubts and concerns because it was done so fast. But he says, no, we should all be on the same baseline and accept certain truisms, right? His version of the truisms. The election was fine. The vaccine is perfect. You shouldn't have any doubts about it. And this guy is powerful enough and connected enough to shape reality for everybody. We're not going to let it happen, but you know, he's totally in with these tech guys and they are, they have been trying to shape reality in their vision of it. I thought, you know, he's worried about misinformation, and he didn't do enough to combat it as president. Well, what about his failures for black people? For black people. He was the first, what do they call him, the post-racial president. Do you know black wealth dropped 30% under Obama? And this was something that he was supposed to be extra concerned about. And he was going to say things that were difficult for others to say, like me, because I'm white. I am not going to dance around the issue anymore, and I haven't been. If guys like him aren't going to say it, I guess I care more than he does. When he spoke like this, quite frankly, it charmed me, and it inspired me. And I thought, finally, 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 someone is saying what needs to be said. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Wow. He was going to take on the problem head on, but he didn't. The left, they didn't want to hear it. And there were elements in the black community that didn't want to hear it either. And they had doubts about his authenticity. Actually, just how black he was. Was he black enough to be saying these things? Barack Obama himself brought it up in his latest memoir. He's got about 10 of them. A few weeks in, this is when he ran for Congress in 2000, the rumblings from the rush camp began. Obama's an outsider. He's backed by white folks. He's a Harvard elitist. And that name, is he even black? This is what folks in the black community were saying. And that really stung. So when Barack Obama spoke so boldly about the problems in the African-American community, well, it really excited some people, made others angry. He decided to not go there anymore. And when he became president, he chose tricks like this. You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. And... um you know, I think they are right to expect that all of us as Americans uh, are going to take this with the seriousness it deserves and that we're going to get to the bottom of exactly what happened. The Trayvon Martin hoax. Remember that? 
so much easier, so much cooler. Don't have to break a sweat and you'll get a round of applause when you talk like this. But people are left behind, a lot of people. During the Barack Obama administration, look at this number. Poverty increase for black Americans, 28%. All right, stay with us. Uh, a crazy book, Gender Queer is what it's called, and it's being forced on children. It is a pornographic graphic novel. The great Tatiana Ibrahim joins us next. Children in the school system, children like other children, they don't look at color. Black and, black and white children, Hispanic children, you know why they get along? Because they don't look at each other's color. So you're the racist, not them, not us. You're judging and dividing. You're causing segregation. Everything that we fought for, everything that I fought for for years. The one and only Tatiana Ibrahim. One of those great warriors who showed up at a school board meeting and spoke so much truth they couldn't handle it. It happened last year in Carmel, New York. She is back. She's a parental rights activist, a critical race theory opponent. And there's a new issue in the schools that she is going to be talking about. But first of all, welcome back, Tatiana. Uh, Thank you, know, Greg. That went mega, mega, mega viral. People still ask me about it. Uh, do people still ask you about it? It goes on for eight minutes. Everybody's got to watch it. Did that change your life, that moment? It did. It did. Um, it definitely changed my life. Um, for the better, actually. It gave me um, more of an opportunity to go out there, unite the parents across the nation, and start fighting for our children. It actually woke up the nation. It woke me up. Um, completely. So I'm very happy and very proud of this country and greatest country in the world. Well, very proud. I'm very proud to know you and I'm happy that you're involved in this effort. It's so important. Uh, and now that I have children, so there is a new book. Uh, actually, I'm not sure how new it is, but it's called Gender Queer. And I have been through it and it is essentially a pornographic novel or graphic novel. Uh, there's obvious pornography in it. This book is um, in the library at Carmel School, uh, the Carmel school. school District. Pardon me? Yeah. It's in our high school. Yeah. It's in the high school. So do me a favor. We'll go through just it, take our word for it. It's offensive. Everybody will go through it. Where do things stand? They did pull the book and then it now it's back. What happened here? So the book was pulled. Uh, we had a complaint from the parents within our district. Quite a few parents made a complaint about this book. They pulled the book off the shelf for a formal review. Uh, the formal review was done by our superintendent, Mary Margaret Zare, John Piscatella, which let me add, Mr. Piscatella is a middle school principal who is also involved in approving the Black Panther indoctrination book from last year when I first went to the Board of Ed. So he's back at it again. Now he's supporting porn. Carrie Hacker, Dave Zupon, Elizabeth Krieger, Lizette Ruiz, former assistant superintendent. Um, they reviewed the book. They decided it was fine. They put it back out there. Parents went and they appealed the decision. So brought it to. Yeah, it's in, it's now back in the school, correct? It's back in the school after the Board of Ed received the appeal process, the, the appeal complaint and the Board of Ed. All members, with the exception of two, decided that this book was art. It was, um, it makes trans children feel normal. 
Um, you know, Debbie Heitman, Melissa Orso, Matthew Morella, Jason Parasecco. All right, listen, we don't know. I'm sorry, we don't know. I, 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 those people, this is a low. I, I want to, right. <laughs> we're applying pressure. Yeah. Inside the book, inside the book, there is clearly, and we're not showing half of it, uh, yeah. two men kissing is one thing. We have children engaged in oral sex. These are children engaged That's in right. sexual matters. Um, have you thought about calling the police? Because we I did. don't. What, what, what was their reaction? I just had a meeting again today with the district attorney. So according to New York state law, even though this book, um, there's a penal code, there's a penal code that's describing that this book is actually an endangerment to children. It is not supposed to be out there, but because the author identifies it, it states that this book is not um, intended to cause arousal or sexual desires, the book is okay under New York state law. So yeah. district attorney's not doing anything. You know, it's interesting. Uh, every kid has access to everything in the phone. That's 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 right. that's a big problem right there. You know, in the old days, you go to see National Geographic. Remember that? In the, am I the only one? I mean, that would that. But to have a book like this, it is wildly inappropriate. It is totally insane. Uh, how can we help? And we have to wrap up. Is there anything we can do to help you? And obviously, it's not just happening in your school district. But how can we help? Sure. Come on down to Carmel, New York. Come make some noise with us. Bring the attorneys. We, the parents, have the money. We're willing to pay for them. We need to get this book out and get all those uh, that support this type of book out of our district. They do not deserve to be around our children. The system is failing our children. It's not just, you know, and you think this is a book. What about the people who made this decision? It's crazy stuff. Yeah. Tatiana Ibrahim. She's all over social media. Go find her, everybody. Yes. Thank I'm you. Here. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. See you, you bet. soon. You bet. We'll be Take right care. back. Bye-bye. More North Carolina schools plan to keep gender changing a secret from parents. Why are they so against the parents knowing about the health of their own children? This is weird. This is happening all over the place. Uh, I'm joined now by Sloan Rackmuth. Uh, she's an education activist and president of Education First Alliance. She's done some really important work on covering all this. Sloan, welcome. How are you? Doing great, Greg. Thank you very much for having me. You bet. Uh, we're going to go through the form that you found at the new Hanover County Schools uh, in North Carolina. But number one, just overall, why do you think there is this push, it seems to be a push, to keep gender issues, whatever they are, secret from parents. Why do teachers want to talk about these things to kids and not have the parents find out? Well, I look at it from the top down. So when you look at the movement with CRT and with social emotional learning, really it's a movement to rob children of their innocence. Because when you sexualize children and you racialize them, and that is to say that their original sin, right, is being white, um, what that does is it, it, it actually sets up a society for revolution. We saw it back uh, with Mao during the uh, the revolution there with the Four Olds program, where through the education system, Mao sought to extinguish old customs, old tradition, old habits. But Greg, you know this: taking children away from their parents or dividing children uh, is priority number one for governments or for agents in the governments that that want revolution. That's what this is. 
I, uh, I understand. And uh, I was hoping it was not that severe, but it is that severe. Let's go through what you found. This is the North Carolina Agenda Transition Plan Spreadsheet. And they're a little, uh, little it's, it's a pretty easy form, but it's very disturbing. Are the parent or guardians aware of the student's gender status? Yes or no? Uh, let's see, on a scale of uh, 1 to 10, where 1 is not at all supportive, one is uh, 10 is highly supportive, rank the parent-guardian support level. Do me a favor. Uh, this is not for the parent. Who is this for? Who's evaluating this? Who's filling this out? Well, that's just it. We don't know. Um, it could be the teacher. It could be an aide. It could be a substitute teacher, for all we know. And that's part of the problem, right? This process is being kept uh, in the dark. Parents are, are left completely in the dark. They don't know, A, that their child is being evaluated. B, they don't know who's doing it. And really, what what's the purpose of it? So we don't know. We don't know where this data is going. We don't know if this data is going to later be retrieved by employers and access to it some later date that we just don't know. Can I ask you, apart from this, and you brought up the uh, the original sin of being white as a white woman, uh, you, in terms of today's culture, you don't have much status. They've even come up with a nickname for you, Karen. If you dare stick up for yourself and defend yourself or possibly get into an altercation where you might even be in the right at the supermarket. How tough is yeah. it right now to be a white person in America? White well, it's interesting. I'm not only I'm not only white. I'm Jewish, but being Jewish doesn't count when you look at intersectionality. Um, and there are there are all shades of black as well. It's interesting and it's kind of funny. You'll you'll kind of get this. The the two founders. Well, there's four founders. Two are black, uh, and and I'm a Jewish person and and just a white guy. And the, the black founders are called white supremacists in our group, and I'm called an anti-Semite. It, you just, you cannot win for losing. So we know that being called a Karen is it's more a, a condemnation of being a conservative, right? Because you have the most annoying people on planet Earth right now are white progressive women, and they get a pass for everything for complaining and what have you. But your point's well taken. Is that certain white women and certain people of color? It, it makes no sense. Well, Sloan Rackmuth, you, in my opinion, are on the right side of history, and uh, I'm so glad you're out there doing what you're doing. Folks can go to edfirstnc.org, edfirst, edfirstnc.org, to support and learn more. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. You bet. We'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news. And the same spent. Well, then Spicer & Company is your place. For the inside story and for the facts that you need to know. Ultimately, I'm always right. He really always is. Remember during the campaign and since, he points out that wind energy windmills, they don't provide enough energy and they kill the birds. People scoffed at that. Joe Biden laughed out loud. Well, take a look at this. An energy company, company Next Era, just got in a lot of trouble, an $8 million fine because their windmills killed at least 150 bald eagles. It's true. And Trump was right. Yet I know windmills very much. I've studied it better than anybody. I know it's very expensive. They're noisy. They kill the birds. You want to see a bird graveyard? You just go. Take a look. A bird graveyard? Go under a windmill someday. You'll see more birds than you've ever seen ever in your life. 
But why is it okay for these windmills to destroy the bird population? And that's what they're doing. Good question. Huh. Thanks so much for watching, and I'll be back next week. I'm taking tomorrow off. All the best.